You are listening to audio from First Baptist Church in Fort Walton Beach. If you would like more resources or to watch our service online, please visit fbcfwb.org. Listen in as Pastor Wade helps us abide in Christ and advance the gospel through the teaching and the proclamation of God's Word. Have you ever heard just the right word at just the right time? I can think of multiple examples in my life where someone has spoken a word that encouraged, that helped me, that strengthened me. I remember one time in particular, years ago, I got a a handwritten note and the person that sent me the note finished with the word persist, persist. You know, ministry has its challenges and its hardships and it was just the right word at just the right time. Keep on keeping on, persist, be faithful. In fact, that word jumped off the note into my heart. And I, I called Claire and I said, what a way to sign a note, persist. It was just the right word for me at just the right time. Well, this morning I want to share with you some words of Jesus that I'm praying will be just the right words for you at just the right time. Last week we began a two-part series dealing with weariness Speaking to those who stepped into the new year, not resolved, but exhausted. We talked last week about physical weariness and emotional weariness and spiritual weariness. And we said last week that the Lord has strength for the weary. Well, this morning I want to look in Isaiah chapter 50, specifically verse 4. And talk about some words for the weary. Some words that might help you, that might be just the right words at just the right time. So keeping that in mind, look with me in Isaiah chapter 50. We're going to read verse 4 together. Isaiah chapter 50 verse 4. When you're there, I want to ask you if physically able to please stand with me in honor of the reading of God's word. Just as a quick reminder, next week we begin a sermon series titled uh, The Twelve Stones Initiative. I'm very excited about this. We're going to talk about uh, our vision, our direction, our future, some big, big things the Lord has in store for us. We'll begin that uh, probably five-part sermon series next Sunday. So be here and be a part of that. But let's look this morning at the inerrant, inspired, infallible Word of God. Uh, the Word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. Amen? In Isaiah chapter 50, verse 4, the, the Bible says, The Lord God has given me the tongue of those who are taught that I may know how to sustain with a word him who is weary. 
Morning by morning, he awakens. He awakens my ear to hear as those who are taught. Let's pray together this morning. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come to this moment asking you for divine assistance. Lord, I ask that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you would grant us the gift of illumination and the grace of inclination. Lord, that we would desire to respond to what you're saying into our individual lives. So have your way in our midst. Touch hearts. Change lives. Transform us for your glory. And we'll thank you and praise you for that grace. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Thank you. You can be seated. Proverbs 15, 23 says, To make an apt answer is a joy to a man and a word in season how good it is. And it might interest you to know that Jesus has some words for you. And they are good words, particularly if you find yourself living in weariness on this day and in this season of your life. This verse found in Isaiah 50 is interesting. As the book of Isaiah unfolds, the Lord gives more and more information about the Messiah that he was planning to send. Much of this information comes through what scholars call the servant songs of the Messiah. These songs are found in Isaiah 42, 49, 50, and 52 and 53. There are four specific servant songs that are songs about the person and ministry of the Messiah. Now, here's what's interesting. These words were written over 700 years before Jesus walked upon the earth. So these are prophetic words. They are words that, that foreshadow, that look forward to who Jesus uh, would be and how he would live and minister on this earth. And in this third servant song found in Isaiah 50, we are reminded of some important things about Jesus. For example, we're reminded in this passage that he met with the Father early in the morning. Look what it says in verse 4. This is Jesus speaking, a prophetic passage about Jesus. The Lord has given me the tongue of those who are taught that I may know how to sustain with a word him who is weary. Now look what it says. Morning by morning he awakens. He awakens my ear to hear as those who are taught. We are reminded in this passage that the Messiah would come to this earth and a, 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 a part of the rhythm of his life would be meeting with the Father early in the morning. In fact, in Mark 1, verse 35, the Bible says, And rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he, Jesus, departed and went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed. And there are other passages in the gospel that speak of Jesus getting away from everyone early in the morning. He met with the Father in the morning. But secondly, this servant song reminds us that he met with the Father consistently. It says there, morning by morning. When Jesus went and prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane, the Bible says it was as his custom. 
It was as his custom was. It, it was. Him praying was not something new. He was a person who prayed consistently. And, and the Bible recognizes that. He met with the Father consistently, morning by morning. He met with the Father to be taught. In verse 4 it says, The Lord God has given me the tongue of those who are taught. A little later in that verse, morning by morning he awakens my ear to hear as those who are taught. So this verse indicates that Jesus, the second person of the Trinity who took on human flesh in the womb of the Virgin Mary and lived on this earth as the God-man, met with his Father to be taught by the Father, to be instructed by the Father. Jesus in his humanity was growing in wisdom and favor and stature with God and with men. So he'd meet with the Father so the Father could teach him some things that were important for his life and his ministry. And this time with the Father produced obedience because look what it says in verse 5. The Lord God has opened my ear. That's a picture of hearing. The Lord has opened my ear and I was not rebellious. I turned not backwards. In other words, Jesus says, when the Father told me what to do, I did it. I, 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 I came to this earth to live in perfect obedience to the will of the Father. And we see that exemplified in his life and prophetically spoken of here. But one more thing about this time with the Father before I get to the meat of the sermon. This time with the Father produced resolve. Resolve to follow his Father's will for his life. Because look what it says in verse 6. I gave my back to those who strike, my cheeks to those who pull out the beard. I hid not my face from disgrace and spitting, but the Lord helps me. Therefore, I have not been disgraced. Therefore, I have set my face like flint, and I know that I shall not be put to shame. He who vindicates me is near. These verses remind us that when Jesus came to this earth, he would be obedient to the Father to the point of death, even death on a cross. And these verses speak of the physical suffering that he endured, even the specificity of having his beard pulled from his face. When it says there in verse 7 that he set his face like flint, this verse is alluded to over in Luke chapter 9, verse 51. When Jesus was heading to Jerusalem... For that week where he would be arrested, condemned, betrayed, abandoned, and crucified, the Bible says, when the days drew near for him to be taken up, he set his face to go to Jerusalem. That's a reference to verse 7 of Isaiah 50. He was resolved to go to Jerusalem and die on the cross for your sins and my sins in obedience to the Father. So we learn from this passage, this servant song, that, that Jesus met with the Father early in the morning. We learn that he met with the Father consistently. We learn he met with the Father to be taught. We learn that this meeting with the Father produced obedience, and this meeting with the Father produced resolve in his life so he could go and die on the cross for us. But what I want to focus on this morning is how his time with the Father prepared him to speak sustaining words to the weary. That's what verse 4 is about. Look what it says. The Lord has given me the tongue of those who are taught that I may know how to sustain with a word him who is weary. 
So this verse foreshadows the reality that Jesus would meet with the Father consistently. And in those meetings with the Father, the Father would give him what he needed to then go and speak to others and sustain them in their weariness. That's what this verse teaches. In fact, notice that word weary in verse 4. The Old Testament scholar J.A. Motyer writes this, Weary means fainting under life's demands. And maybe you're here this morning and can resonate with that definition because you feel like that's where you're living. Weary, exhausted under life's demands. Could be physical, it could be emotional, it could be spiritual, but you're weary. And if you were honest this morning, you would say, I need a word. I need to hear something from Jesus that will sustain me, that will help me to keep on keeping on. So I looked at Isaiah 50 verse 4 and I began to think through the the teaching ministry of Jesus or his personal ministry to individuals. And I began to think about some words that he said that sustained the weary. Words that would be relevant for us in this room today. In fact, I want to give you four words that Jesus spoke to the weary. He heard from the Father. He he learned from the Father. Then when he spoke these words to others. The first word is a word of invitation. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter 11. I want you to see this word of invitation. Matthew chapter 11, specifically verse 28. Look what Jesus has to say in this passage. He had been denouncing some cities that did not turn to the Lord. And in verse 28... He reiterates his invitation for those who are far from God to come to him. And it says there in Matthew 11, verse 28, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you... What's the word there? Rest. I will give you rest. This passage is a powerful passage because in it, Jesus is inviting people to come to him. And the invitation is to find rest. Now, this rest speaks of two different categories, if you will. First of all, this rest speaks of eternal salvation. He says there in verse 28, All who are labor, heavy laden, come to me. I will give you rest. Rest. He's speaking there of those that were far from God, coming to him, placing their faith and trust in him, and him giving them the rest of salvation. Rest is used throughout the scriptures as a metaphor for salvation. In fact, over in Hebrews chapter 4, the Bible speaks as the Sabbath, a day of rest, as being a picture of the spiritual rest we have in Christ. 
So when you became a Christian, when you placed your faith and trust in Jesus, what you were saying was this, I can't save myself. I'm done trying to save myself. I can't improve myself. I'm done trying to improve myself. I need a savior. And when you came to Jesus, you were saying to Jesus, I believe that you have completed the work of redemption. You died on the cross for my sins. You rose from the grave and defeated death itself. You've done everything necessary to save me. And so seeing my need for a Savior, I'm calling on your name, Jesus, inviting you into my life to to forgive me, to transform me, to save me. And when that moment came, you stepped into rest. You're not striving to be saved. You are saved. You're not working to be saved. You are saved. You're not climbing the ladder to heaven. Heaven came to you. Jesus finished the work of salvation and you've accepted his finished work and now you can rest. You can know that you're secure. You're going to heaven when you die. The Sabbath rest is picturing the rest we have in Christ. In fact, it says in Hebrews 4 verse 10, whoever has entered God's rest has also rested from his works as God did from his We are a people who understand salvation is by grace, amen? Not by our works. We rest in what Christ has done. We rest in the fact that Jesus paid it all. We rest in the fact that Jesus cried out before he died on the cross, it is finished. So the rest here in Matthew 11, 28 speaks of eternal salvation, but there's more here than that. It also speaks of rest in this life for his followers. Because look what it says in verse 29. Take my yoke upon you. That's a picture of discipleship. Coming along beside Jesus like an an ox would come alongside another ox under the same yoke to pull pull the the farming equipment forward. It was a, a picture of coming along beside Jesus. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, Jesus says, for I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls. Not just eternal rest, knowing you're going to heaven when you die, but when you get under the yoke with Jesus, when you begin to walk with him and talk with him and live in concert with him, you find a, a daily or weekly or, or, or yearly rest for your souls. He even goes on to say in verse 30, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus is saying, when you get under the yoke with me, You will experience rest for your weariness because I will be shouldering the burden of life on your behalf. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. When you get under the yoke with Jesus, the burdens of this life get lighter. Because, listen, Jesus takes those burdens on himself. It's like... One time I was in seminary and one of the responsibilities of seminary is you were always helping someone move into the student housing. People were coming and going. And so I did more moving 
for those few years in seminary than I've done the rest of my life. And I remember one time this guy was moving into a second story apartment and he had, I'm not, I'm not making this up, it was the heaviest couch ever made. It had a sofa in it and it was big and it got wedged in the stairs and there were two of us trying to get up and it was just awful. And we couldn't get it up the stairs and get it in the apartment until we had someone else come and get under the burden with us. When someone else came along, it made our burden lighter. And that's what's being pictured here in getting under the yoke with Jesus. When you draw near to Jesus and walk and talk with him, he is getting under your burden with you. It is a call. When he says there, Take my yoke upon you. It is a call to let Christ help you carry the load of life. You know that living for Jesus in a fallen world is not easy. Life is not easy. But these verses remind us that Jesus will help us. So here's the question. If you're here this morning... You're a follower of Jesus, and you're weary, and you're exhausted, and you're worn down, and you just feel like you can't take another step forward. Are you asking Jesus to take some of the load? Are you allowing him to have his way in your life so he'll get under the burden with you and make your burden easy and light? Or are you trying to bear the burden all by yourself? Jesus met with the Father. And the Father taught him so he could sustain the weary with a word. And one of those words is this. I will give you rest. A little video became popular recently about a kindergartner named Landry. There's a video caught on his doorbell camera. Landry walks out of his house down the driveway to catch the bus. He's bundled up with a big thick jacket. He's got a backpack on and he walks down the driveway, gets to the bus and he looks up and he just falls over backwards. And he's just laying flat on his back. The video says he was having a case of the Mondays. You ever been there? So here's what happened next. The bus driver gets, gets off the, the seat and comes down the steps and picks up Landry and dusts him off and helps him get on the bus and helps him keep on keeping on on that Monday. Monday. You ever feel like Landry? Flat on your back, worn out, just can't take another step. If you will allow Jesus to have his way in your life, he will pick you up. He will help you to keep on keeping on a word of invitation. Come to me, Jesus says. I'm gentle and lowly of heart. Come to me in your weariness. Secondly, there's a word of compassion. Look with me in Luke chapter 5 very quickly. Luke chapter 5. Verse 12. I love this passage. The Bible says, while he was in one of the cities, 
there came a man full of leprosy. The, the, the phrase full of leprosy speaks of the progression of this awful skin disease which affected your skin and other organs. Leprosy was, was disfiguring. It caused people to have to isolate from society. In fact, according to the Old Testament law, if someone had leprosy, if they were walking down the street, they had to cover their face and cry out, unclean, unclean, so no one would get near to them. The Bible says that someone full of leprosy, a man full of leprosy was in one of the cities where Jesus was traveling. And when he saw Jesus, he fell on his face and begged him. Look what he says. Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. Now, what is this man saying in that, that statement? This man has no problem believing in the power of Jesus. I know you can make me clean. I've heard stories about you healing other people. I know that you are that you are full of life-changing power. I know you can cleanse me of my leprosy. But how does the sentence start? If you will. I know you can. Jesus, I'm not sure if you want to. I'm not sure if you want to take your time to deal with my situation. In my little corner of the world. I know you can. But do you want to? And look how Jesus answers this man's statement. Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him saying, I will, just one word in the Greek, thalo, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. Here's what I love about that story. It reminds us that Jesus is able and willing to help you, help you at your point of need. This is a word of compassion. And again, some of you struggle with this a little bit. Last week we talked about how people amen the power of God, but they're just not real sure about the tenderness of God. They know God is big. They know God is, is great. They know God is awesome. They know God is omnipotent, but they struggle to believe that God cares about them. Just like this leper. If you will, you can make me clean. And here's Jesus' word applied to your life this morning if you are struggling with weariness. He is willing to help. Did you hear me? He is willing to help. He loves you. He cares about you. He knows how many hairs are on your head. He knows your name. He knows your situation. He knows what you're going through. And he wants to help you. And he can help you. If you will but see your need and ask. A word of compassion. Jesus is willing to help. Third, there's a word of comfort that comes from the lips of Jesus. Look over in John 16. 
John 16. I'll have you flipping a lot this morning, but these are key passages. John chapter 16. This is near the end of Jesus' time with the disciples on the night in which he was betrayed. This is just before he goes to the Garden of Gethsemane. He's preparing his disciples for life that would be theirs when he would no longer physically be on the earth with them. He would give them the Holy Spirit, but he would not physically be on the earth with them. He's preparing them for that and preparing them for the hardships they would go through. In John 16, 33, here's what Jesus says. I've said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world, you will have peace. Tribulation. Isn't it interesting that Jesus doesn't say, in the world you might have tribulation. He says, you will have tribulation. But look what he says next. But take heart, I have overcome the world. If you're here this morning and you're dealing with weariness in whatever shape or form, it's probably linked to the troubles and trials and travails of living in a fallen world. Life is hard. And life is wearing you out. Remember the definition I gave you of weariness earlier. It's fainting under life's demands. Maybe you're here and you're having emotional issues or relational issues or financial issues or health issues or occupational issues. I don't know what's going on. But you find yourself fainting under the reality that life is hard. And Jesus told us that. In this world, you will have trouble. But look what he says. Take heart. I have overcome the world. That is a word of comfort. Life is hard, but Jesus is the ultimate victor. When it's all said and done and the dust settles on this life, guess what? If we know Jesus, we're on the winning team. So we sang earlier, we go to heaven. We'll forever be with Jesus. And keeping that reality in mind, keeping the victory of Christ in mind, is vital in maintaining peace. There's an old song by Stephen Curtis Chapman, and I just love this this line because it really speaks to the situation we find ourselves living in today. People say this world's a jungle, and sometimes I must admit... I'd be scared to death if I did not know who was king of it. (laughs) This world is a jungle. It's tough sledding in this world, but we know the king, right? And he wins, and he's in control, and he reigns. This is a word of comfort. We can have peace and strength even through the difficulties of life, a word of comfort. But let me give you one Final word, the fourth word, and we could have gone a lot of different places. I just chose four to share with you this morning. 
But I want to close with a word of assurance. Isaiah 50, the servant song, indicates that a regular part of Jesus' ministry was going to the Father, spending time with him, and learning from the Father. And he would take what he learned, and he would have the knowledge he needed to sustain the weary with a word. A word of invitation, a word of compassion, a word of comfort, but forth a word of assurance. Look over at the last verse in the last chapter of the Gospel of Matthew. Matthew chapter 28, verse 20. Matthew 28, verse 20. This is the last verse in a famous passage called the Great Commission. And in the Great Commission, Jesus gives his marching orders to his disciples and by extension to the church of Jesus Christ. These are our marching orders. And Jesus says, go and make disciples of all the nations. Share the gospel so people can be saved and follow me is what he's saying there. Then he says, when someone becomes a follower, you're to baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Then you're to teach them everything that I've commanded you. Daunting task. Share the gospel to the ends of the earth, making disciples of all the nations. That's a big ask, right? We talk about our 12 Stones initiative. I've got some big things I'm going to ask you to do coming up. Hard things, difficult things, daunting things, but important things, eternal things. And Jesus knew when he gave us this great commission, he knew that we would feel the, the, the weariness in even thinking about how we can reach the ends of the earth. He knew we'd be opposed by the enemy. He knew it would not be easy. So in verse 20, here's what Jesus says. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Jesus is saying, as you live for me, as you seek to serve me, you need to remind yourself that I am always with you. You are never alone. And that is the truth from Scripture that if you're weary this morning, you can rejoice in. If you belong to Jesus, you are never alone. He is with you in the midst of your hardship. Jesus says something very similar over in Hebrews 13, verse 5. Jesus is quoted and he says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. That's a promise. Jesus said, I will never leave you. I'm always with you. This is the presence of Jesus, a word of assurance. So maybe God brought you to church this morning. And you're here so that you could be reminded that no matter what you're going through, no matter, no matter how hard and heavy it is, no matter how you're feeling physically, emotionally, spiritually, you needed to be reminded that Jesus is with you. He won't leave you. He won't forsake you. 
Cling to him. Lean on him. Take your weariness to him. He's there. He's there. He's there. A word of assurance. So what I'm saying to you this morning is this. If you're, if you're weary, I'm saying you need to spend some time walking around with Jesus. Read the Gospels. So you can hear these life-giving words. Because Jesus spent time with the Father. He was taught so he could sustain with a word. These words are recorded in the pages of Scripture. I guess my application or my takeaway this morning is this. Listen to Jesus. If you're weary, listen to what he has to say. And he will sustain you. Over in Luke chapter 19, the Bible says he, Jesus, was teaching in the temple daily. The chief priests and the scribes and the principal men of the people were seeking to destroy him. But they did not find anything they could do. Why? For all the people were hanging on his words. When Jesus would come to the temple to teach, the people would would lean forward in their seats. I want to hear from the Messiah. I want to hear from the rabbi. I want to hear from this one called Jesus. I want to hear what he has to say. They were hanging on his words. And if you are weary, if you are exhausted, if you are worn out, I'm, I'm calling you to hang on the words of Jesus. He will get you through. Thank you for listening. We pray you've been encouraged and inspired by God's word. May the Lord richly bless you.